0: Hi, right, Tim Roy from Warriors.com. We continue to prepare for the 2013 NBA draft just days away now. And to help us get ready for the draft, who better than Jay Billis with ESPN and, of course, a former uh, outstanding college player in his own right at Duke. And, and, Jay, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Oh,
1: thanks for having me. You're, you're affecting your credibility by calling me an outstanding college player. I didn't think that my parents would go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it. Thank you.
0: You got to take it where you can get it, you know. So uh, as you get ready for a draft and, and uh, you're going through, you know, tape and 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 doing some some work on breaking down these, these young men's games, you know, what, what do you look for? What, what, what are some of the things that come off the screen to you that you say, oh, okay, this kid's got a chance?
1: Well, part of it is just from, from having seen the players play for so long. You know, you get, a, you get a, an overall picture of them as to whether they're capable of playing in the NBA. And then you try to refine it from there. And uh, honestly, I think I've, I've tried to change the way I look at it over the years. You know, you used to look at it from the, the standpoint of trying to get stars because, I, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking at a particular position or place. In other words, if if you're the Golden State Warriors and you're drafting uh, at a certain spot, you know you're looking for a, maybe a particular type of player, or, or you are just drafting one guy there. I'm looking at, a, at at all of the 60 draft picks, and and I think you have to look at it as to instead of worrying about what a player can't do and what'll keep him from being a starter or a star or something like that, you have to really look at well, what what's the success piece of this player? What, what does he do? That can uh, can fit into an NBA team, and you know one of the primary examples right now might be Danny Green. Of, uh, came out of North Carolina in, in 2009 off a national championship team. He's taken in the second round. I think he's been cut three times. And uh, I'd like to find the person that projected him to be a potential Finals MVP when he <laughs> when he was coming out of college. So, you know, you, you look for things that the players can do. And uh, and sort of the intangibles are they hard workers or are they going to improve, but if they don't have a certain talent level and, and level of athleticism and aptitude, uh, I think it's it, you know they're not going to make it at all.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The Warriors have had more than their share of guys that they who have been picked late, uh, who have had the tremendous impacts. Monte Ellis in the second round. Gilbert Arenas was a second round pick. Uh, even even last year, Draymond Green, who was picked in the 30s, proved to be an, a nice impact player for. Golden State and, and I think too Jay it's, it, we've all kind of had the change you know when we were young and a kid played four years and you, you knew this kid was good and he was going to go you know for the most part you know m- most of those guys translated to the NBA but now they're coming out so quickly you kind of almost have to figure out you know not maybe not where he's, is he going to help me next year but is he going to help me in three years and where's he going to be in three years and in five years down the way.
1: Well, that's a really good point. that That's where the draft has has really changed over the last probably ten plus years is there's a developmental component. Um, you know you used to be looking in the draft for immediate help, and you certainly looked at at our guys going to get better and how much better. Uh, but now you're you're looking at a raw material uh, and saying, can this guy uh, play in three years? and And so I think draft picks have to be looked at as assets. And I I haven't done this yet, but I wanted to go back and and really put together some some advanced data on, you know, how many guys that were drafted five, six, seven years ago, uh, or or even four years ago, are still with the team that drafted them. Very few, I would guess. And uh, and you know, I mean, you think you could look at that, but it's something that you say, okay, we're not just drafting a guy for this year, this team. We're drafting an asset that can help us, perhaps. If packaged together, get another player or more draft picks or something like that in the future. So instead of just looking at how a guy fits in when you put him on the team for next year, you've certainly got to have a longer term view. And that's why I think, you know, NBA, NFL, those GMs, the decision makers in front offices, you know, they earn their money because it is a hard job and uh, and it's hard to make these decisions and then and have a plan and and have to stick to it while you have to you have to win now as well
0: yeah it's a good point and the and when you use the term asset what jumped to, in my mind was well yeah you're right because the fact that those the rookies are also on very favorable contracts which make them valuable pieces in trades and teams look for those kind of guys that were locked in at a certain certain rate that won't hurt your cap uh, for a number of years. You're, you were a, a big guy in college. Let's talk about some of the bigs in this draft, and, and I'll start with the guy that was on the cover of, of SI, Cody Zeller. Of course, he's got brothers in the, in the NBA. Uh, how do you project his future as a pro?
1: I think he's been underrated as a, as a future pro. I think there's a developmental piece with Zeller as well, because he hasn't shown yet in college a skill that I think he has. I think he can shoot the ball. So I think he's going to be able to step away and knock down an open 18-footer. Uh, he's he's uh, a skilled player, uh, but not the type of guy that spends his time on the perimeter. He's mostly in the post, 90% of the post, actually, but uh, an incredible athlete. He was the best athlete among big guys in the NBA uh, draft combine, and it was by far uh, showed great quickness, agility, mobility, and he can really run. I think that's the thing he does better than anything, is he can change ends. So he's a transition big guy that can really run. Um, He's not a big-time rebounder, but a good rebounder. Uh, He's a seven-footer, but he doesn't have the arms to match up with that. I think his wingspan comes out to about 6'10 or 6'11. But uh, I think he's going to be a really good NBA player. Uh, Is he going to be an all-star? No, but perhaps not. Uh, He could be, but I think he'll be a a, a starter in the league. And, uh, you know, it's funny how a guy like Alex Lent of Maryland, even though he's a seven-footer, so it's a little bit different, but you know, people are talking about well his development, and and boy, he could really develop to be terrific. And and Zeller, for some reason, uh, doesn't get that same kind of uh, benefit of the doubt, if you want to call it that. I, I think he's been uh, uh, he's been a little bit maligned over the last year because you know perhaps he didn't turn out to be in this one year. Uh, the 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 best player in the country. He was just he was just a you know top ten instead of the best player. He he had a really good year.
0: You know, I see in all the the mock drafts that Nerlens Noel is going first, but to me, I look at two hundred and six pounds, and I wonder. You know, that that that's that's not the. I I don't know. Maybe where do you see him? I mean, he can't play five at that weight. Well,
1: no, but that's not his. That's not his weight, really. I mean, he he you know he had that injury. So he's been out, and he lost some weight as a result of it. So, but still, yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. He's not—he's not even 220 uh, when he was at his, his his peak playing weight last year, uh, sort of in the middle of the year. And that's a that, you know, that that's really kind of the issue with this draft. Is a lot of people say, okay, he's the number one pick. I, I don't agree with that. I don't think he's the number one pick, but we'll see. Uh, but when was the last time we had a number one pick where you're saying, boy, he he can really guard he, defensively, shot blocking, steals. He's unbelievable, but. He can't score and he's injured. You know that's a that's kind of a tough tough sell. Uh, but he really he really can't impact the game on the defensive end. And I think he's he's got a chance to be a, an all NBA defensive player. But uh, but he really lacks um, polish on the offensive end. He he doesn't shoot it. He doesn't make his free throws. And he's got a very limited post game. Uh, he gets most of his scoring off his activity level, off his ability to run, uh, offensive rebounds, drop-offs, things like that. But his activity level on defensive end is big time. I I just n- am not sure in this year's draft. You know, I, I think I would take Ben Mclemore ahead of him. Just if I, not if, if you have need, he gets a different issue. But I think Mclemore is probably a, a better prospect. He's just got some question marks on his assertiveness. Is he is he is he willing to be a leading guy? Uh, out there, and then uh, and then I think Otto Porter is going to be a really good player in the NBA. Um, he's a kid from Georgetown. He's got a lot of ability,
0: yeah, everybody has him uh, projected to be staying in the district, going to the uh, Wizards with the third pick. Now I, I've said this before, and i I just like it. I'm gonna say it again. Uh, I love looking at a draft board and I, for the first time in my career, you have a player from Lehigh, a player from a buck now and a player from South Dakota State. I don't think we've had that triangle before of uh, guys that could end up in the M- NBA. And so, so I'll ask you about Mike Moscow. What, what do you think?
1: Good player. Um, good skills. Not a, not a big-time athlete, but a good athlete. And uh, and he can score and rebound. You know, he's got a big body. Uh, he did well. He played Kansas. He put big numbers up against Kansas. Uh, so he's done it against against really good competition. Uh, so I think he's, I, I think he's probably a, 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 maybe a late first-round, second-round pick, but, uh, but I, I think he will play in the NBA. Uh, he had a really good college career and uh, you know, did very well in the Patriot League. And, and uh, I, I think because of his size, his skill level, his ability to shoot it uh, and post, and he's got a, a wide array of post moves, he's probably the most skilled of sort of the back-to-the-basket players uh, in that range. Um, so I, I, I like him a lot. I think he'll, I think he'll definitely uh, do well in the NBA.
0: And you know that's a that's a commodity now. you know this I can't tell you how many big guys end up in the league and they, they don't know what to do with the, with their back to the basket. You know that's
1: yeah, it, it's true. There's a lot of a lot more stretch fours are getting in the league now and and uh, it's a little bit more spread. So there aren't as many low post centers as there used to be.
0: Do you like the nineteen uh, year old from Pitt Steven Adams?
1: I do. He's got an NBA body right now, and uh, I think he got a little bit mechanical throughout the course of the year. Um, you know, maybe that was from, you know, having to run so many set plays or maybe being a little overwhelmed uh, with, with all that was going on as a first-year collegiate player. But when he just plays, when he just runs, rebounds, um, you know, and finishes plays, he's, he's good. And, uh, you know, when he came over um, from New Zealand, he had a, he had some really big games when he first started international play here in the United States. I think Nerlens Noel, who he played against, called him the best big guy he'd ever played against. Now he's an 18 year old kid. It's not like his bobbling saying, <laughs> you know, in my 30 years <laughs> of playing experience. But uh, but Adams, had, you know, he's got a chance because he's so athletic. He's got good hands and everything, and, and, a, and a good you know pretty good touch. Uh, but he's he's got to develop. It's going to take him a little bit of time, I think.
0: Uh, Jay Billis, my guest here on Warriors. dot com, Tim Roy. We're talking about the NBA draft, and uh, Jay, the, just before I let you go, a couple of guys that we, maybe we haven't talked about that who have caught your eye.
1: Well, you mentioned one of them, C J. McCollum. You mentioned his school anyway, Lehigh. Uh, C J. McCollum, uh, who I think is is you know, I think he's been compared a little bit because of the small school thing to uh, to Stephen Curry, but he's no he's nothing like Curry. he's, he's bigger and. Uh, but he can really shoot it, and, uh, and he, because he's an older player that's been a lead guy, uh, I think he has a really good idea of how to play. He, he, he missed the, the better part of last year. He probably missed 20, 20-some games with an injury. Um, but I think he's one of those guys that's going to be a, a high-impact player. But there, you know, it's funny, Tim. There are other guys in the draft that that I think have a chance to be good. But there are so many question marks. You know, Anthony Bennett from UNLV's one of those guys, but he's injured. He's got a shoulder injury. He hasn't been able to work out. And uh, uh, it, it's it, it, this is going to be a hard draft, I think, for decision makers to assess because if it started at ten, you know, if the first, if Noel was go, or even seven, if Noel was going to be the seventh pick, he goes pretty good value at seventh pick. is that's, that's a pretty good draft. But it starts at one, and I'm not sure we have anybody that in another year would be a top-five pick. Um, it, it'll be really interesting to watch what teams do, what they trade, because uh, if it's the, people say, well, it's such a bad draft and all this stuff, and everybody wants to trade out, if everybody wants to trade out, who's your trading partner going <laughs> <laughs> exactly. to be? It's kind of hard to assess unless you're packaging some things together. So it'll be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, my sense is we're going to have a lot of guys who are going to make the league and play in the league. I don't know if we're going to have any real bona fide you know, franchise changers or anything like that out of this draft, but there's always, there's always value there. There's always somebody who's going to surprise you that didn't get to, you know, projected so high. And, and uh, it, se- it seems like when you're on the, the draft day coverage, you're, you're having a lot of fun. I do have a
1: lot of fun. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit difficult at times because, you know, you, you want to make sure, like, if you're, if you're a GM and you're drafting in the 10th spot, um, you know, you're going to be judged by that player that you draft. So your draft is going to be judged by, by the players you draft. Um, for, for a guy like me, I mean, I've got to give an opinion on every first-round pick. And um, uh, so I don't, I don't get stuck having to draft anybody. I don't have that heavy responsibility. But at the same time, you know, you, I make mistakes just like everybody else. So <laughs> you know, those, yeah. uh, people don't remember the, the stuff you say that's right. They remember the stuff you say that's wrong. So, um, you know, I don't worry about that. I just do it. But I, just, I, I do have a really good time uh, trying to figure this out, and I'm a long way from having figured it out. But you're, I think your point about, about the draft is a good one. I think there are going to be players that come out of this draft that are going to be all-stars. There, there. I, I think that's a sure thing. That that there will be an all star or two coming out of this draft. Somebody that's going to surprise us. The the trick is who's it going to be, and and there's right. there's not a no brainer kind of LeBron, uh, uh, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade type in this draft, uh, or Kevin Durant, something like that. Um, so it's 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 kind of
0: like throwing darts at a, at a dartboard on this one. And, and at what point did you find out that uh, some of your comments were being translated into a, a drinking game?
1: Uh, pretty early on. I kind of enjoyed <laughs> it. I wish I could partake <laughs> myself. Uh, but I, I've definitely thrown some in there. I did. I don't know if you, you heard this, but one year I went an entire draft. I, I came up with... Uh, uh, alternate uh, words for uh, length and wingspan and all that stuff and uh, like linear extent and space. I mean, I, I used that during the draft. I didn't say wingspan or length one time uh, throughout the draft. Just to, and, and that, that was my contribution to keep America safe. You know, I didn't want anybody drinking and out on the roads or anything like that.
0: You can follow him on Twitter at, at @j_billis. And uh, a pleasure and and you know, I I read your tweets and I I think at some point you need to become the the leader of the NC two A and and straighten all that out.
1: I don't think that anybody's going to want to sign anybody with a brain is going to want to sign up for that unless you <laughs> had some sort of Kennesaw Mountain Landis thing where you had complete control. Because yeah, uh, that's a good uh, point. The NCAA is in dire need of a commissioner like David Stern to come in there and have, have authority to be able to run the business. Uh, because right now nobody's in charge. It's really kind of sad that you got a, a really good product and a multi billion dollar business that's being run like uh, uh, like it's some mom and pop shop somewhere.
0: And before I let you go, what 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 are your thoughts on on the way the NBA is and the NCAA has handled the you know when when a player can come out for the draft? Would you like to see it another year? Would you you know because because I you know you can't win in court I don't would think and you would know better than I you're a lawyer uh, that you can't keep a guy from wanting to work if they want to work, but but to yeah, me yeah you can actually you <laughs> can and
1: that's what's that's what's happening. Um, I think the, the the reason you can do that is because there's a union involved, and the okay. uh, the age restriction is uh, or the draft eligibility rules are collectively bargained with the between the league and the union, so they can make whatever rule essentially they want as long as it's a mandatory subject of, of collective bargaining. And but what I think the the biggest problem that we've got in college basketball is we spend way too much time complaining about what the NBA does. You know, the NBA has got its draft eligibility rules. That's fine you know we've never been able to keep a kid in school you can't mandate that a kid stays in school the only way you can have them stay in school longer is if the nba says um, we're not taking them until, kind of like the nfl they're not taking them till after their junior year right so that that benefits college by keeping the talent in college but um... you know we don't have that in basketball and we have really poor leadership as well and if to me for for the NCAA president and NCAA types to sit and complain about the one-and-done rule. They call it the one-and-done rule, which doesn't exist, but they they keep complaining about it and telling the NBA what what it should do. Well, I mean, I think I can speak authoritatively on that. The NBA is not going to do what college basketball wants it to do. They're running a business and running it really well. And what college needs to do is start thinking about ways to provide incentives for players to stay in school. If we think that College education is such a wonderful thing. Why we would want to push kids out earlier is beyond me. Uh, we're not looking at ways to to creatively provide incentives. Maybe uh, you know, in a multi billion dollar business, we could allow them to take advantage of their uh, their name and likeness and and their marketing rights and, and endorsements off the floor that would allow them sort of an Olympic style model where they, they could say, you know what, I'm making good money in school. I'm not ready for the NBA. I'm in pretty good shape here. I'm getting my education. I'm going to wait until I'm ready. Instead of making them, you know, giving them zero and, and essentially having them say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go play where I can work on my game and get paid. Um, that might serve us really well if we even thought about that, but we're not doing that. And it's a mistake.
0: Right, that that is really well said. Hey, I I appreciate your time. I know you're a really busy guy, and uh, hopefully uh, one of these years uh, our paths will cross, maybe at a Warriors game somewhere, and and, I'd love to get to to meet you in person. Oh, it would be my pleasure. I'd like that too. That's Jay Billis of ESPN. Again, you can follow him on Twitter, at Jay Billis, and uh, one of pleasure it was to talk some basketball with him he's a very interesting man and as you heard he has a strong opinions but they're well thought out and well reasoned i tim roy we're getting you ready for the 2013 nba draft right here at warriors.com more draft coverage coming your way